true story. This week, I sat down with a, uh, a single mom, and um, she's talking to me about school starting and just how stressful the time was and the added cost of haircuts and backpacks and the endless slew of supplies and clothes and shoes and this new schedule and in the midst of that she was starting a brand new job and somehow in that moment as tears began to fall down her face I understood all of the frustration and challenge and she said when I asked if everything, or she asked if everything would be okay, she followed it up with the line, God won't give me more than I can handle, right? This year, I saw a, a man who I was very close with, who's the main breadwinner for his family, go into the doctor for what seemed like was super routine. And he ended up being admitted into the hospital, and then metaflighted unconscious for 12 days, put on ECMO, which if you don't know is like you have machines doing everything for you because you're not supposed to be alive. Miraculously comes back from that, but in the process, the diagnosis um, it, it changed everything about his life and now is living with disability, two kids at home. And that fight to keep his life forever changed the outcome because their family won't ever be the same. But God won't give you more than you can handle, right? Um, I sat down with a guy in a coffee shop that was talking about his new business that wasn't gaining steam. And uh, he started expressing how, like, the business plan, like, they worked flawlessly and the results just weren't there. And they tried to do everything right, but they were at the end of their money. Anybody had more month than money? And it was killing his relationship at home. God won't give you more than you can handle, right? Well, actually, that line, God won't give us more than we can handle, is not biblical. It's not there. It doesn't exist. It's not the truth. Because the truth is, God will give us more than we can handle. But he will never give us more than he can handle. And that's an amen moment, church. Can I get an amen there? See, because when God puts us into situations... Sometimes there's the miracle, right? And, and what I call the miracle gap is maybe God has called you to do something that is beyond your capacity, like start a church. I don't know how to start a church, and yet here we are, a year and a half in, and that call is up here, and what I bring to the table is down here, and the gap in between is the miracle gap that God begins to close because we reach out in prayer. God will give us more than we can handle. He'll give you a call, each and every one of us. 
that your britches are too big for. Here's the other thing we know about life, that when you live life, suffering is going to happen. And yet, we're promised redemption. Even in death, we're promised resurrection. And God will be present in the midst of all of it. And he will be fighting on our behalf. We started this series uh, three weeks ago now called The Bible Doesn't Say That. And we've been looking at a popular line that may be attributed to the characteristic of God or from the Bible that just isn't there. And so the first week we looked at God helps those who help themselves. And thankfully, we learned that isn't true. God helps all of us, thank goodness, especially those who can't help themselves. That's what grace is, folks. It's on behalf of people who can't help themselves. And then last week, we had Pastor Jake, who's going to be launching our new uh, Wayfinders Gerald community. He came and he, he spoke to us, and he taught us about the idea that our obedience doesn't always lead to blessings the way that we see it. And so there's a lot of people that say, if I just do the right thing, I'm going to be financially blessed. Well, that just isn't true. You will be blessed, but maybe not with finances, maybe not the way that you think you will. And so today we're exploring the line, God won't give you more than you can handle. So if you're following along, you can pull out your phone and go to wayfinders.info. All the message notes are on there. You just click Kyle Community, and when you do, it's the very first thing. It says message notes. You can follow along with everything. Write your own notes in and email them to yourself later. Um, but I would encourage you to check those out because I have a bonus. The Bible doesn't say that. Um, and, and just really quickly, I'll just jump into it. Um, Anybody remember Job of the Bible? It's this book of the Bible about a character named Job. And it's kind of written in poetry and prose. Um, it's actually written like a playwright. Like if you were to see a play happening in front of you, that's the way that it's written. But what's really interesting is that Job is this uh, character that essentially gets tested in every way possible. And actually what happens in his life is he loses his family, he loses his health, he loses his business, he loses his home. He loses everything except his life. And his friends are saying, you did this because there's a lot of people that believe that sin always leads to suffering. And so they were saying, all the things that you're suffering, you caused it. And here's the truth. Sometimes the suffering is self-inflicted, right? How many of us have made a decision, the consequences of that decision we had to live with, and it was, it was bad, right? I've been there. We suffer our own consequences. But we're not talking about that. Job didn't cause what was being caused. And there are times in our life where someone else's decision causes something, right? Maybe you got cancer and you smoked for 40 years. Maybe you got cancer and you were never around any smokers. So how can you say 
that that was exactly what caused it. The truth is we don't know. Suffering happens. Life happens. And Job is told, you got to repent. you got to recant, you know, because sin caused all of this. And Job says, no, i got to cry out to God. i got to cry out to God for his presence and help. And um, conventional wisdom says that when I do the right thing, I get blessings. And while that may be true in the altruistic sense, right, when I do the right thing, I do get blessed from it, it doesn't mean that you get blessings. The same way is true when we talk about when I do wrong. It leads to suffering, but it's not the only time that suffering happens. Sometimes it just happens because life happens. And so... um, So I think it's important that we understand that the promise of God is not that suffering comes from sin, but that he will use suffering to strengthen us and change the world. Look at James uh, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect. In other words, stay the course, keep at it, because when you do that, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, this answer is not meant to fully answer the problem of suffering, and there's no way we could, not even if we had 10 Sundays, could we fully explore the challenge of suffering. But I think it's really, really important that not all suffering comes from our sins, can we, can we just say yes to that this morning? And so that's a bonus disclaimer about what the Bible says. And Job never learns why everything happens in his life, but the story indicates that all along the way, God was present, and in the end, redemption and resurrection are promised. And that's a cool just bonus side note. So life is going to happen. Whether or not it's the too much month at the end of the money, whether or not it's all the challenges that go through, life is going to happen. It's a given. And Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, wrote a letter um, to the church in Corinth who were these group of people that were figuring it out. Anybody feel like they're just figuring it out, like I'm in process? Can I get a thank goodness that we can be in process? Like, Oh, that is so relieving that I don't have to have it all figured out. He writes this letter to a group that is in process. And um, we're coming back to that line, God won't give you more than you can handle. He writes to this church who he helped start it, who are in process. And things are coming up. And when we're in process, doesn't it seem like it's easy to get hit down? Like the line is always, if I could just get to that point, then I'd be able to make it. And it's always on the way to that point where everything else is happening. Or am I the only one where life happens along the way? Right? It, it continues. And so he's writing to these people that are trying to figure out, and life is happening along the way. And it's into that that he writes this letter. And listen to how it starts. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It's on the screen. It's on dot .info and in message notes. Um, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction 
so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly too in comfort. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. What a huge promise. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us, future tense. On him, we will have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You must also help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. God won't give you more than you can handle. Untrue. God will give you more than you can handle. In this passage, Paul is talking about the suffering that he endured by accepting the call to go love people. Isn't that interesting? He decides, I'm going to pour my life out into others. And along the way, what does he get? Nothing but hardships. Nothing but hardships. That seems to be the way life happens, doesn't it? In the midst of our plans, life happens and it brings hardships. And it's into that that Paul says what about God? He says, God is the God of mercies and comfort. Verses 3 and 4, right? He says, blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are afflicted. Wow. The nature of God. This is great news for us because what it actually means is that God meets us right where we are. Do you ever have this hesitation when you're walking into church or you're meeting someone else who's really religious? Oh, no, I better get my stuff together. <laughs> I got to go have a conversation with so-and-so. I better pull myself up. I better put on the guard. Right? That's not what this is. This is indicating that while we're in process, God is meeting us right where we are. And while we say yes to faith, we know things are going to whip around and indeed, God will give us more than we can handle, but he's the God of mercy and comfort, which means he is present with us in those moments. Notice it doesn't, it doesn't assure us that everything will turn out right, or it doesn't assure us that other people have suffered worse things. Have you ever gone through something, and then somebody tries to like help you and say, well, it could be worse. Look at so-and-so. As if that's any help. It just means more people are going through more bad stuff. That is not helpful. Well, at least, it's, I mean, maybe it's perspective, but not helpful. It, 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 the, it's of no comfort. It doesn't say that. It's like, that's a little sick. Um, but anyway, 
it also doesn't say it'll be over soon. It's okay. It doesn't say, hey, there's an end in sight. What it says is that God will be enough. Even if it's death, we're promised resurrection, right? I had the diagnosis of death. That's what Paul says. We were as good as dead. And while he's still living, he's writing that, but he's writing it where he clings on to a hope. And sometimes I think Paul is a little dramatic. We had the death. But when you read his story, like he was shipwrecked, nearly drowned, stoned a couple times and left for dead. But I don't think it's, I mean, sometimes he's a little dramatic for effect. But I don't think it's as dramatic as we try to make it. Because every time you hear Paul talk about it, what he talks about is those hardships, those moments where life got really rocky, are the moments where he was able to cling on to the hope of connection with Christ. And, and it's not about like some supernatural moment where the skies open up, because here's what I think we often look for. When we're going through it, right, when all the stuff has hit the fan and we're going through more than we can handle, we, like, we keep looking for the skies to part and the light to shine down and, oh, and God supernaturally to fix it like that. That doesn't tend to be what ha anybody experienced that. I have not. If you have, please let me know and I will take your magic pill. Until then, I think what Paul is talking about is like, that drives him closer to cling to the body of Christ because we, the body of Christ, get to comfort others with the, it's like experiencing the same comfort God is giving us in our souls. It's this beautiful picture of what it means that God will be present when it is more than we can handle. I mean, just think about it. When people go through something traumatic, right? They go through a sickness or they go through an experience and a trauma. It binds people, right, Kimberly? When we had that shooting at Sutherland, Sutherland Springs, did it not bind the community? It did. It, and, and there was this, we got to help them. We don't even know them, but we got to do something, right? It, it's the same thing, I think, when, with AA. The reason why we can stand together in sobriety and draw support from one another it's the same reason when a baby is born that not just your family members, but the family steps up and says, we got we to gotta pound this baby with diapers and stuff so that like, this baby is going to be taken care of because it's all of ours. We're going to own it in the midst of the stress. And since we just had a baby, I can tell you um, it was stressful. But Holly and I have been in so incredibly blessed by this family of church. We didn't want for anything. And so thank you if you didn't hear it before. Because we, we feel loved and blessed, not just because of you, but because we believe God is blessing you, so you're blessing others. That's, that's very comforting in our biggest moments. Which, by the way, if you believe in Jesus Christ or not, the Christian community was the very first community in history to step up and care for the marginalized, the outcast, the broken, the sick, at great expense to each other, to pocketbooks and to time and energy 
even upon risk of life. And so the reason we have things like baby showers is because the church said those are ours, not just yours. The reason we have things like that is because the Christian community stepped up together. We're made to do life together. Okay, that's a soapbox. Anyway, life happens. We get to embrace the challenge together, whether or not people are Christ followers, right? It's not a if you, then we situation. If we have been comforted by God's presence, by his love and his reality, we get to give it away to others. This is a cool idea, that God would give us more than we can handle, but not more than he can handle. And his presence is you and me. Now, we have a very special anniversary today. Uh, Allison, come on up. We have a very special anniversary today. If you did not know it, um, a year ago this week, Zeb and Allison's house burned to the ground. It was the same week that we had a hurricane called Harvey. And in the midst of that, when life throws more than we can handle, there are stories that come out of it. And I'm very excited because you need to know what was happening in the life of Zeb and Allison in their home, in work, and then hear what happened as the presence of God, i.e., you and me, the church, stood together in the midst of that. Allison, would you mind sharing your story with us? Okay, so before the fire, um, we had moved here. And uh, I had come kicking and screaming into Kyle because I had lived in Granbury with all of my family for about 35 years. So here I came into Kyle, and then my husband got sick. And we had um, an awful lot of, of medical issues there. And I decided that I would start this um, real estate career, which, you know, it turns out it's uh, building a business, and it takes an awful lot of work. And then I was coming home from a closing one day, and I saw this big, huge pillar of smoke, and I knew that that was my house. And as I got closer, I got there. I saw Zeb, and I saw the boys immediately. So, you know, that was, that was calm and shock. Shock is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful drug. Um, I walked around that um, site in heels for about two and a half hours before um, Ron finally got Elizabeth to bring me some flip-flops. Um, Judith came and got the boys with Raven and uh, took them away from it because they didn't have to be a part of it. And I didn't have to worry because I knew that they were with a counselor. So, I mean, not only did I get a friend, but I got somebody that was equipped to deal with, with tragedy. So, so, so that was amazing. Todd and Holly were there. Everybody, everybody was there with us. And I couldn't help but thinking through the whole, whole ordeal, you know, about the pillar of smoke in the Bible that the Jews followed during the day. Now, it turns out the Bible doesn't say that it's a pillar of cloud, but it was, it was smoke. And I really, I really did see God in that fire. Um, but that doesn't mean God caused the fire to happen. When you say you saw God in the fire, you, you know, people will automatically say, oh, no, God didn't. God didn't cause the fire. You know, what? God wouldn't cause a fire. 
God didn't cause the fire, but he helped me handle the fire because there was absolutely no way I could have handled it. I cried to my mom um, a lot of times, and I said, I, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. And she said, you're not supposed to know how you're supposed to do this. You're handling more than anybody would handle. And, um, you know, it's funny because God likes to come to me sometimes in weird, funny, ha-ha ways. And, and Todd and I talked about um, me speaking this Sunday. Uh, he did not talk to me about Job. However, something this week called me to read Job. And um, so there's a couple of verses in Job, and one of, it, one of the verses talks about the intimate friendship that Job had with God. And I thought that that was really amazing. Another thing in Job is that I did not want to spout off to God about how horrible my life was because I did not want the response like Job got um, towards the end of towards the end of the whole thing. So um, you know the fire the fire is not really out. I mean it keeps going. There's there's always stuff um, that happens and and there always will be stuff that happens. And as far as you know it being over. Um, yeah, we're, we're promised that it will be over in heaven. So, you know, you've, you've really got to, got to lean on God and trust that God will help you handle everything because that's the only way you're going to be able to handle anything at all. And um, it, it does show up. And um, in this world of ours where terrible things happen every day to wonderful people, we, we just have to trust that God is there handling it for them and for us and for our friends and for our family and everything else. So um, we're doing really, really well. And um, uh, we do have carpet in our house, which I hate. But, you know, other than that, our foundation has been built. Our, our walls are going up. And we have a church community um, that surrounds us. And to that end... Um, you know, there have been several times where I've been like, you know, maybe I should just go home. Maybe this is a sign from God I should just go home. And the one thing that has always stopped me has been this church. This church and the faith that is here and the love that is here and the relationship that I have been able to build with God since I've been a part of this church. Because this church doesn't work like most churches work at all. <laughs> Not even kind of. So, um, you know, this church is, is the reason that we're here. And uh, God is the reason we can handle everything. So, there you go. Yeah, give it up for Allison. So, medical issues, starting a brand new career, no income really coming in at that point, your house burns down. Would you say it's more than you can handle? And here's the thing. Your church stepped up. You gave. You took them out to eat. You provided clothes. Sure, their insurance kicked in eventually, and they helped. Thank goodness. But that's what you did. You were the hands and feet of Christ offering comfort so when it was more than they could handle, it wasn't more than he could handle. And it was because you stepped up into the call. Sometimes God gives us more than we can handle. And yet, there is a promise that it will never be more than he can handle. 
And I love that verse. I love that verse. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. By the way, that's the perfect present, meaning now and ongoing forevermore. Man, just just a powerful, powerful picture. Because for centuries, Christians have stood to be the presence of God together, to be the presence of God when others are getting more than they can handle, when they're suffering, and that's the call for us today. Think back to what Jesus says in, in Mark 8 when he says to his disciples, right? He says to them, if anyone would come after me, He must deny himself and and take up his cross and follow me. And when you say yes to the call, it's up here. And what you bring to the table to help in a situation like that is peanuts. You're not going to solve the problem. But when we stand together, the miracle gap gets closed because we take on the suffering. And so when our kids are sent into the school, they get to be light into the school. When we see life being more than we can handle for one of our neighbors, we get to rally the troops and blitz them with love. You and I get to be the presence of Christ, to be comfort and mercy for others. Paul went on to say this. He said, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together and ultimately the connection we have across the board with each other resembles the connection we have with Christ. So how about it? Is life throwing us more than we can handle? The answer is yes. Thank goodness. It's not more than he can handle. God will continue to deliver from any peril. Then, And now, that's why we get to sing that song, This Is My Confidence, right? That he's never left me yet. And the reason why we sing that line, I will never forget, or I never will forget, I guess is how they say it, is to remind us not to give up. So here's the challenge. Be the prayer. Be the prayer. Everybody say it out loud. Be the prayer. One more time, be the prayer. Because that last line, right, what does it say? You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. See, prayer is not a nicety of words. Prayer moves from the heart to the feet and puts flesh and action to the presence of God. Be the prayer. If you have been comforted, you get to comfort. If you have been healed, you get to heal. If you have been honored, you get to honor. Be the prayer. And when life gets to be more than we can handle, it's not more than he can handle. Everybody do this. We're going to end with this. Everybody stand up. Church. 
what you have been called to as a people is up here. It is a lofty goal beyond your capacity, but it is not beyond his. So may you come to be comforted by the Father of all mercy and comfort. And may you answer the call to be the prayer for those who need that mercy and that comfort. And may we come to know that when life is more than we can handle, and it will be, it is not more than he can handle because you and I have said yes to being the very body of Jesus Christ at work in the world. May you go turn this world upside down because he can handle it. Go in peace, many blessings, and much love, my friends. See you next week.